0: Revelation chapter 3 and verse 7, And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth, and no man shutteth, and shutteth, and no man openeth. I know thy works, behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it, for thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I'll make them to come and to worship before thee, and to know that I have loved thee. Father, I pray tonight you'd help us. I thank you for such a sweet spirit that's here tonight, and I pray, Lord, that would not change now. Lord, you said that they that worship you must worship you in spirit and in truth. Lord, we've worshiped you in spirit. And I pray now that as the preaching begins, the worship wouldn't stop, but I pray it continue. And I pray, Lord, that as we look at this letter that you wrote to the church of Philadelphia, I pray, God, that it would be as if you wrote it to the church in Dublin, Unity Baptist Church. Lord, I pray that as you admonish them, that, Lord, you'd admonish us to hear what the Spirit had to say unto the church tonight. We love you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You can be seated. Verse number 9, the writer says, Behold, I'll make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I'll make them to come and to worship before thy feet. And here it is, and to know that I have loved thee. To know that I have loved thee. And for a moment tonight, I'm going to preach on the kind of church that Jesus loves. The kind of church that Jesus loves. I want you to know tonight that everything that's going on under the name church is not the kind of church that Jesus loves. Amen. 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 I, want to know, I want you to know this, this evening that that word church is used very loosely. Right. Right. It's kind of like that word love. People throw that word around. And I'm not sure if it, most people even know what love is in the day and time that we're living in. But the Bible says, Jesus said, I want them to know that I have loved thee. Amen. Did you know of the seven churches, the church of Philadelphia, is the only one that he said, I love thee. You say, did he not love the others?" No, I don't believe it, but he didn't tell them he did. Amen. Right. You know what Philadelphia means, Drew? It means brotherly love. Now, this was a church. If, if I wanted to join one church out of these seven, this would be the one I'd want to join. And Jesus said, that's the kind of church I want to go to. I love that church. I want you to know tonight, and I'm going to get right down to it here real quick. If you don't love church, you don't love Jesus. Amen. Amen. And if you say you're saved and you don't love church, I want to say you need to examine yourself and see whether you be in the faith. When God saved me and He born me in His first-minute family, He put something in me that told me I need to be in church. Amen. Amen. That's why I don't nag, I don't call, I don't twist arms, I don't babysit people. If they choose to lay out, they choose not to come, uh, then they've got a heart problem with God, and I can't help them, only God can help them. Amen. Amen. I believe y'all love church. (laughs) I love church, don't you? I believe church ought not to be a sideshow in the Christian life. I don't believe church ought to be an appetizer. It ought to be the main thing. Amen. Amen. I believe we ought to build our lives around church and raise our families around church. And and that doesn't mean all we do is go to church. Some people think that. That's not it. But the hub of it all ought to be church. (laughs) Jesus said, I love church. And you all love church too. And uh, anyhow, there's a lot I can say. But God's given us a church, and we all love it. We all love the fact we're able to be here tonight. Amen? Amen. I mean, listen, I'm glad to be here tonight, aren't you? Where would you rather be tonight than be here? Where could you be better tonight than be in the house of the Lord? I mean, what else could we do? What else could we be a part of tonight that would be greater than assembling with the body of the Lord Jesus Christ? Amen? Amen? And coming together under the authority of His church, and worshiping his son, what better thing to do tonight? Amen. He said, I love thee. I love thee. You know, tonight we all want to have that type of church that Jesus loves. Amen. Back 20, 30 years ago, you know, uh, that Rick Warren, he wrote that book, The Purpose Driven Life. And, and he, they called it the seeker sense of you. See, I wouldn't say his name. I just said his name. And by the way, he's got Beth Moore going to take over that church now. Amen. Yeah. Let me just tell you something. That that thing's been crooked for a long time. I've seen some people the other day, I can't believe. I said, I can believe it. Anyhow, he invited Bill Clinton to come to his pastor's conference and speak about leadership. That's real smart. Real smart. Let's have Bill Clinton come talk to a bunch of pastors on how to lead. That's real intelligent. But anyhow... They talk about seeker-sensitive churches and how everything in the church should be organized with, with attracting people, with, uh, you know, make it where well. when people come in, they feel comfortable and they feel at home and they feel... Now, let me tell you, I, I, I believe that we all make people feel welcome. Right. Amen. But we ought not to have a tattoo parlor over here in the vestibule so the ones that come in that rode the horse can give them a fresh tattoo. And we ought not... Amen! And we all got to have over here a, a fitness center where the yoga, yoga can go on as they come in. And then we got a bar set up here for all the drunks so they can hit the liquor before they come in. And we got a movie theater over here. If you like the movie, you can watch church in the movie theater and eat popcorn. Uh, and, and, and then we got a gymnasium. You can go play basketball and we'll broadcast And all that is is turning the church into the world Amen. to try to get them in. Amen. Amen. I don't care what the world thinks about us. I want to do what Jesus loves. Amen. 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 What good is it if we had 10,000 here tonight and Jesus was nowhere around? Amen. And I got news for these apostate churches. Jesus is nowhere near it. Amen. He ain't down there in Houston with Joel Osteen. He's not out there with Rick Warren at Saddlebrook. You, can get, I mean, you will get him out if you want to. T.D. Jakes, Potter's House. The Potter ain't home at the Potter's House. I promise you. I'd rather be in a little church here on the backside of Mayfield, Kentucky and nobody knows who we are and nobody ever remembers us and they never write about us and they never send for our opinion on anything but praise God, Jesus looks down and says, I love that church. I love that. I'm going to go down there and meet with them. That's the kind of church I want to be in. You say, I don't love this church. Well, get gone then. That's all I can tell you, Lee. I don't want people here that don't love it. You're hurting us. You ain't helping us. I don't want to handle Then Get gone. Get lost. Go somewhere else and mess them up. Amen. Amen. He said, oh, I love the church, but I can't stand the pastor. You ain't right with God neither. Uh, he's the under-shepherd of the church. Just in case you know, he wrote this letter, by the way, to the angel. That's the pastor of the church, by the way. There's only one angel, one messenger. I'm not an angel. If you don't believe me, you talk to my wife. I'm closer to a devil than I am an angel. I've got to pull my horns down and put a mask over them and, and, and I have to disguise them. I mean it. That word angel means messenger. I want you preachers know this. You preachers in the church, you're not the angel of the church. Uh, Lord, I'm about to get in trouble, but I don't care. I drunk 12 ounces of don't give a rip before I come to church tonight. If God, anyhow. But I love the church, and I want to be in a church that Jesus loves, don't you? But anyway, let's move along. Verse 7. No, that was in my notes. I don't know where it come from. I want you to know something about this church. It was not in an ideal location. The church of Philadelphia was up on a a mountain, a volcano. It was on a volcano. They said that, it, and it was destroyed about 100 years after it third because of the volcanic eruption. They was plagued with earthquakes and volcanoes. It was, it was, not, it was not an ideal place. It was not some place where, like Ephesus, you know, where all the roads met. And, and, and there was no letters written to the church other than this. There was no books of the Bible named like Corinth and Thessalonica and Philippi and Colossae and, 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 Col- and all these others that had... But, but I want you to know something about Philadelphia. They was the kind of church I'd want to go to, Amen. not because they were famous or in some ideal place, but because Jesus loved that church. Amen. Amen. Look at this. Look at the protector of the church in verse 7. And the angel of the church at Philadelphia right these things saith he that is holy. He that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth, and no man shuth and shutteth, and no man openeth. That's Jesus. Amen. I want you to know that the Lord Jesus Christ is the protector of Of his church. And when you lay hands on his church. You've laid hands on him. Prove it. Acts chapter 9. Jesus met Saul on the road to Damascus. And he said Saul, Saul. Why persecutest thou me? Saul had never met Jesus. As far as we know. Saul had never laid hands on Jesus. Saul had never hurt him. or He wasn't there. He didn't drive ha- nails in his hands and his feet. He didn't spit upon him. He didn't crucify him. Paul was the no lie. You can read it if you want to in the gospel records. It never mentioned him. But I'll tell you what the Bible says in Acts chapter 8 and verse 1. And Saul was consenting unto his death. And you can read in Acts chapter 9 and verse 1. And saw three threat, breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the lord you know how he persecuted jesus he persecuted his church and let me tell you you've got a lot of dumbness i would say boldness but you're dumb to attack god's church the lord he's the protector of the church he is and all that to, that listen that ought to that ought to bless our hearts tonight that we have somebody who's watching out for us. Listen, the, the church, it's the building, the Bible, in Ephesians says it's a building fitly framed together. And, and did you know? Hey, what if you come home tonight and there was somebody at, at your house that you paid for, that you built, that you that you uh, that you've lived in, and he was out there with a sledgehammer, busting windows. And but would you just say, oh, they, he don't mean it? I hope that you would stop them. The Bible also talks about it being a body. A body. If somebody walked up to you and, and, and you were sitting there, put your foot out, Clayton. I'm just kidding. I ain't going to do it for real. But if somebody just starts stomping on your foot, or are you just going to sit there and be like, that's all right. Ain't no big deal. If somebody's hurting your body, you, you understand? Yeah, I know. And it's also a bride. The Bible says the husbands love your uh, wives even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. How would you men feel if another man came in and put his hands on your wife? I believe some of these sissies would turn around and just say, oh, I i don't want to hurt his feelings. I don't want to make him upset. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to flip tables. I'm going to bust. I mean, listen, if I've got to, I'll do what i got to do. You say, oh, no, preachers can't do that. Just touch my wife and see what preachers can do. <laughs> But yet people will will, will come after the church and run it down and attack it. I want you to know, buddy, you're in you're in danger. Right, yeah. You know why Annais and Sapphira died? It wasn't because they kept that money. That wasn't the only thing. It, Jesus could, that church would have made it without their money. And by the way, it'll make it without your money too. Right. Yeah. Yes. It was because they lied to the church. Right. Right. And they brought their sin in the church. And they lied to the Holy Ghost in the church. And God killed them. He is the protector. He's holy. He's spotless. He's true. That means He's sure. That word true, it means not fake or counterfeit. Amen. Uh, It means He's a true friend to the church. I, I mean, listen, you can count on Him. He'll be there. The kids sang about it. I mean, listen, I, I'm talking about the, the watcher of the church, the one that protects the church. And this church, we should all uh, bless His name. He's protected us uh, through times where if He had not been there, this church would be done and over. He's protector of the church. But then I want you to see the praise for the church in verse 8. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door. No man can shut up. that's a little strength and has kept my word and has not denied my name, denied my name. Jesus bragged on this church. Man, I want to have a church that he's proud of, don't you? I, don't, I want to have a church that so many are trying to have a church that everybody talks about. And 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 you understand. I'm not saying, that, I mean, look, I want to have a good name. I, I do. And I want people to, but Brother Justin, what we ought to want, what we ought to want with all our heart and with all our soul and all our mind is that high tonight up in heaven that the Lord Jesus looks down and says, my goodness, I'm proud of that little church. Amen. Amen. She was faithful in her work. Verse eight, he said, I know thy works. Behold, I have set before you an open door and no man can shut it. For that's a little strength has kept my word. He said, I know thy works. He spoke, he spoke about this door, this open door, the door of opportunity. I want you to know that the church, listen, must go through the door while it's open. Brother Dave, you've seen it. There's many churches never reached their full potential because they stumbled at the door of opportunity. Right. Well, let's just give it some time. Let's just think about it a little longer. Let's just pray about it a little harder. I'm not saying we ought not to think about it, pray about it. But when God opens the door, best thing we can do is go through it. And when when God shuts the door, we ought not to try to kick it down. And Jesus said, I know thy works. He said, I know thy works. She was faithful in her works. She was faithful in her weakness. He said, that's a little strength. This wasn't some big, powerful church. She was weak. But she was faithful despite her weakness. This wasn't a mighty church full of powerful people, but a weak one. But listen to this. This is why I praise her, because what little strength she had, she used for the glory of God. Amen. A lot of times people say, well, we don't have a ton of kids, and we don't have this. So. But you know what God will do? He, he, is, he wants us to use what we have. And did you know this? If you want more strength from God, you know what you got to do? You got to use what strength you have. If you want to get stronger tonight, you don't, you don't start out going and trying to pick up three, 400 pounds. You pick up what you can pick up. Right. And you do it again. And then tomorrow, you go out there, and guess what? You put a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. Brother Dylan, I've got two eaters. One weighs more than the other. And he told me that he's finally got on that Red Max. It's lighter. It's took him two and a half years, three years. He's done got where he's going for that. I really finally was. I said, why in the world would you want to carry that heavier weight? He said, that way i get stronger. Uh, amen. He's wanting to work on feed them pythons. You know what I'm talking about? More like garter snakes. But you know what I'm talking about. Earthworms. But Listen, in the Christian life, instead of sitting on our hands and whining about what we don't have, How weak we are if we had a better building, if we had a better location, if we had better people, if we had better this. No, no, no. What we need to do is take every ounce of strength we've got and say it's not much, but praise God, little is much when God is in it. And this little church took her little strength and used it for God. She She was faithful to his word. He said, you've kept my word. They didn't allow no false teaching or preaching to go on in this church. Amen. They were faithful to the word. The pulpit was guarded. Amen. Amen. And the message was bound to the word of God. And this pulpit is guarded now, especially now. If you, ain't got some, if you can't preach the Bible, you need to shut up. Amen. You hear me? And I'm not talking about take one verse of scripture and straighten it up. I'm talking about rightly divided, line upon line. Priest. I'm, I'm about to have, being these boys about to have a crash course. I'm serious. I ain't told Brian Brzeeck, but I've done talked to Dylan. Dylan's been getting a lot of talks here lately. One day he'll thank God for the talks we've had. But if, if they can't, I'm, these fellas, they're going to know how to get up here and read chapter 4, verse 1, down to verse number 5, and never leave the word of God. Amen. Amen. Anyhow, she was faithful to the word. When you ask what a good preacher is today, most will talk about his leadership skills, their communication skills, their people skills, but they ever hardly talk about his skill in the Word of God. Amen. Amen. She was faithful in her worship. He said, hast not denied my name. Hast not denied my name. This church was loyal to the name of Jesus. At that church, the name was sung about, preached about, and these people were willing to die for that name. If you're here to get a name, you're here for the wrong reason. There's a lot of people in the church that want a name. They want to have a title. They want to have some place where they can say, hey, look at me. This is, I'm this and I'm that. Uh, And and they're doing it for the wrong reason. I'm here and I'm not here to worship you, and you're not here to worship me. We're here for the name that is the name above every name, the name by which every man, boy, and girl can be saved. We're here, and their name has been exalted and lifted up, the name of Jesus. The praise for this church. Now look at verse 9. I'm hurrying. I think I've been preaching like 18, 19 minutes. Well, I thought that was funny. He only knew. I want you to see the problems of the church. He said, I thought you said Jesus loved that church. Well, just because he loves the church don't mean there ain't going to be problems in the church. If you ever find a church without problems, don't join it. Because you're going to cause them. But anyway, I want you to see this. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not but lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet and know that I have loved thee. Look at the source of this problem. It was Satan. I made them the synagogue of Satan. I believe at the root of every serious and, and and now everything people call church problem ain't church problem. You know what I'm saying? Some of this stuff we call problems ain't really problems. You know what I'm saying? No. I mean, I love Miss I love Miss Bertine with all my heart. I do. So don't take this the wrong way. She just got there. But Miss Bertine, like if somebody, I don't, I don't want. I'm not encouraging like mud. You know, like somebody that, it is a problem, but we're not putting that on like the same level as like the synagogue of Satan problems. You know what I mean? But I'm talking about when when there's real, then you can bark it down, it comes from Satan. Acts chapter 6, he started the problems. And it was all about the Grecians and the Hebrews, they're arguing about the widows. Y'all ain't, y'all ain't taking care of, the Grecians said you aren't taking care of our widows as good as you're taking yours and they got to fight and the about said them preachers all they want to do is preach, preach, pray pray preach, preach, they need to come see granny over here and make sure to cut her toenails for her and paint them and curl her hair and you know and, make, and, 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 and the men they said hey let you pick you out men, pick you out some men to be deacons and he said let them serve the tables and let them serve the, and they said so that the men of God can give themselves the word of God in prayer and you said, well that must have solved, no chapter there's more problems so that didn't work so now he's got a man named Saul you can believe what you want but I believe Satan had a plan for Saul's life I believe Saul was going to be his Napoleon Bonaparte Saul was going to be his Adolf Hitler Saul was going to be his Alexander the Great that was going to wreak havoc on the church I believe he had him to he he had chosen him. I believe that he had watched Saul from the young days of his life, and I believe he had got a hold of that man, had his fingers dug into him, and had control of him. And listen, and I believe he had big plans for him. And if if, if God hadn't saved him on the Damascus Road, who knows the devil? But what Satan didn't know, uh, Saul was going to be a general, all right. But he wasn't going to be a general in the Satan's army. He was going to be a five star general in the army of God. Amen. But I want you to know the devil The devil is the source of the problems Down through the centuries He's worked And he's learned that the best way to destroy The church is not from without But from within Acts chapter 20 Paul warned them, he said there's going to be Grievous wolves come from among you He said they're going to be from within The source of problems The subtility of problems Now look quick They say they're Jews, but they're not, but do lie. Listen to this. Most problems in church come from people who claim to be something they're not. That's what he said. They say they're Jews and are not, but do lie. Just because someone says they're something, don't mean they are. And God ain't called you, nor Well, I guess he's called the pastor to watch that pretty carefully, but the truth of the matter is we shouldn't walk around saying, are they really real? Are they genuine? Are they? I'm not saying that, but we ought to use a little discernment, a little common sense, and we start saying, hey, listen, the Bible says they said they were Jews, but they were not. Yeah. A lot of people say they they love the church, but they don't. They lie. A lot of people say they, that, that, that they love the Lord, but they lie. They do not. These were wolves in sheep's clothing. Amen. What they wanted was people to think, to think they what to think what they were wasn't actually what they were. But look at verse 9, the solver of the problems. Who's that? That's Jesus. He said, I'll, oh, verse 9, he said, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet and to know that I've loved thee. Listen to this. <clears throat> The ones that had persecuted, the ones that had lied, the ones that had falsely accused, the ones that had hindered them. Jesus said, one day I will make them to kneel down and know that I love them. Did you know tonight there are some problems that only heaven can solve? Right. And he said there's going to come a day where their lies are going to end and they're going to know. Now look at verse 10, the promise to the church. Look at this. There was a promise of a haven. Verse 10, he said, because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I will also keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. This is talking about the great tribulation. The hour. There's a set designated time. And, and he talks about thou come upon all the world. Yeah. Now, we're all tempted. You understand? And we did, and the Bible says, Jesus said, in this world you shall have tribulation, but be a good cheer of overcome the world. There is a difference in tribulation and great tribulation. Right. He's talking here, I believe with all my heart, about that seven-year time where it's the time of Jacob's trouble. I believe he's talking about that time when that man of sin will be revealed, that son of perdition, the Antichrist, the beast, and his false prophet, and they'll step out onto the scene, and they'll take hold of this world, and they're going to wreak havoc on the world. But he said, I want you to know. He didn't say, I'll keep you through the hour of temptation. He didn't say, I'll keep you in the hour of temptation. But praise God, he said, I'll keep you from the hour of temptation. You know how much of that I'm going to go through? Absolutely zero. Amen? I've not been... I've been kept from wrath, not saved to wrath. And listen, you believe it or not, if you want to stay and go through it, you be my guest, but I'm checking out when the trumpet sounds. There's a haven. He said, he said you've got a promised haven. There's a promise of hope. He said, verse 11, I come quickly. I will come quickly. Verse 12, him that overcomes, will I make a pill and tumble my God, and he shall go no more out. There is a promise of heaven. Promise of heaven. I'll write his name upon him, name my God, in the name of the city, of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which is coming down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Folks, I, I, on that word pillar, it implies we'll have a permanent place in heaven. Brother David said it at camp there or not. And I've never heard anybody say it like this, but it really it helped. It made a lot of sense. He, he was talking about preaching on eternal security. And he said, Jesus said, let not your heart... He said, in my Father's house are many mansions. I go to prayer place for you. If I go to prayer a place for you, I will come again. He said, if you get saved and then you can get lost, he said, that means you get a mansion built and then he's going to tear it down. And then you get saved again and he's going to build it back. He said, once you got a mansion built, it's built. That's because you're going to live there one day. Hey. And he said, I want you to know that there's coming a day that he said, I'm going to make you a pillar in the house of God. He said, I'm going to write the name of that city. I'm going to write the name of your God. And he said, I'm also going to give you a new name. And he said, in that city. He's talking about heaven, y'all. Right. Now, listen, I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to heaven, aren't you? Yeah. I'm so glad that one day we're going to leave it all behind. Yeah leave it all behind, every heartache, every problem. This robe of flesh will drop and rise and seize the everlasting prize and shout while passing through the air. Farewell, farewell, sweet hour of prayer. Amen. Oh, listen, I believe just any day now Jesus is going to come. I believe just any day now. I'm not looking for the Antichrist. I'm looking for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm not looking for the man of sin but I'm looking for that man who died for my sin and he's going to come in the eastern sky and riding on the clouds and brother Justin we're checking out of here and praise God we'll leave it all behind and we'll have a new body, a new mind, a new home. and listen until then you know what we need to do? We need to be in a church that Jesus loves.